It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What has this offseason taught us about the direction of the running back market? What should we keep an eye on over the next 12 months? We're breaking that down today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league. The Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Lockdown NFL Scouting your first listen every day and a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Joe, happy National Alex Highsmith Day. Yes. You're on the podcast. We had a mini a round celebration of in the pre-show. Yes, did well. Charlotte yeah, and yeah. We uh we spoke with him, right? Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. Chance to get to know him a little bit. Really likable player. It's a big win for like who's the Youngstown State kid? Derek Rivers. Derek Rivers, yeah. Like that kind of pass rusher that everybody always fell in love with because he's speedy and like super bendy and flexible. Of course, he goes to Pittsburgh and hits. Mm-hmm. Big surprise there. Third round pick too, but, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's always cool to see those kinds of players. Like, yeah, congrats! Like, you're a top ten pick. You got the bag. Like, cool. We'll talk about running backs today and that they're the challenges that they face. But guys are mid round picks, small school guys who go to the right situation and develop. That's really cool, and you got that with Alex Highsmith. So props to him, and and good job by the Steelers. I think Joe, when we kind of not to do the edge show before the edge show, but we kind of looked at that market, and we're like, this is probably going to age pretty favorably, no doubt. And it's no good now. Very good contract for both parties here. Very good contract. Interesting segue because I think some of these running backs are looking for some very good contracts, and so today on the podcast we are going to. Dig into this, and, and what's great about this is we had planned for this to be the podcast today before Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry and Le'Veon Bell and all these guys went to social media to express their frustrations over the running back market. And so today we're going to talk about what this offseason is teaching us. We're going to take a peek ahead to some of the big expiring contracts at the, at the position group, and Kyle and I have some predictions over the next 12 months coming up later. But Kyle, the big Running back contracts that happened this offseason. Miles Sanders, four years, $25 million at six and a quarter million average annual value. David Montgomery goes to the Lions, three years, 18 million. That's six million a season. Jamal Williams, three years, 12 at four million AAV. And then you just had this like group of guys that are going to have roles, potentially some starters here that are very low cost. Alexander Madison, two years, seven. Uh, Jeff Wilson, two years, six. Raheem Mostert, two years, six. Or two years, 5.6. Devonta Foreman, one year, $2 million. Devin Singletary, one year, 2.75. Damian Harris, one year, 1.7. And so 
that's been the big contract distribution this offseason. And then, of course, what's happening right now with Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley and Tony Pollard, who all got the franchise tag. And um, that would be $10.1 million uh, this year. Uh, but there's a lot of reluctancy from those guys to sign that. So a lot happening, right? You got three guys on the franchise tag that did not get contract extensions done. And Saquon and the Giants reportedly were quibbling over one to $2 million per season was like the make or break that they couldn't come to a middle ground on. And uh, Josh Jacobs is in his car in the parking lot with Max Crosby on Monday in case the deal gets done. So he could go in and sign it before the deadline and it doesn't happen. And, Tell these guys really wanted to get these contracts, right? And, and I think big part of the reason why is you kind of understand if it didn't happen, like from this point on for those guys, what leverage do you really have? Are Go you going to have another you, great year, I guess. Right. Your alternative is to make yourself a martyr like Le'Veon Bell did and literally surrender a year's salary in the peak of your athletic prime. And it's just, if if you're financially in a position to do that, great, go ahead. But if you're trying to maximize your earning potential, these guys that are young guys are just coming off rookie contracts. I don't really think you're in a position to do that because the whole objective is maximizing your earning potential. Mm-hmm. So it puts you in this rock, meat, hard play situation, for, especially with those franchise tag guys that you really do sympathize with them uh, for kind of the the challenges of playing the position. And uh, it's kind of this unique situation where the cap is expanding, yet the top contracts for running backs, especially when you consider like the raw numbers are down. Never mind the fact that the cap when some of those guys sign big deal contracts like what Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott, when they signed their deals, what the percentage of cap that that was versus the percentage of caps that guys are getting now, like it's down big time. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's untenable. It's hostile. Players have had enough. We don't know what the fix is. I think we have some ideas, some brainstorms. We've seen a lot of people float out a bunch of different ideas, but uh, you, you certainly sympathize with those guys and, um, it's it's even uglier when you look at teams signing a running back onto a new team. Do you remember this study? Yeah, I did? yeah. I was hoping you bring it up here at some let me point see if, today. Let me see if I can pull it up. I'm gonna we're I'm gonna float around and produce this thing. So if you want to, yeah, I can. I'll make a comment for me yeah, here. I'll, I'll make I'll a, get a cent, load it in. A comment I'll make here because you brought up Le'Veon Bell, and I figured he'd be part of this conversation at some point today. Le'Veon Bell in 2018 decided he wasn't going to play football at all and set out the entire season. Now, that choice was, I don't think it worked out for him. He he could have just played in 2018 and made $14.5 million. He wound up getting $27 million guaranteed from the Jets. But giving up 14 and a half to get 27, I don't think is a smart move for him, and I don't think it played out correctly. Um, so the whole holdout angle... Like you said, there's just not a lot of leverage. Meanwhile, you just get older. So, and he did win big versus the other running backs that signed contracts to go elsewhere. As you could see, if you're on the YouTube channel, I have this table up. I did all this research, right? And it's it was in the midst of the Dolphins fans and their debates for Locked On Dolphins for 
what do you sign Dalvin Cook for? Do you give him $10 million? It's like, hell no. You don't give him $10 million? If you were willing to pay him that, you should have just tra- <laughs> traded for him in the first place, right? He was due like mm-hmm. $11 million. But teams and the the, the uh, filter here is in the last 10 years, contracts signed by a running back and free agency with a new team. The number of contracts over the last 10 years for a running back to go to a new team, there are three of them in excess of $8 million or more. It's Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon, and DeMarco Murray. How two of those three stories end? Not good. And Melvin Gordon was two years versus a four-year deal for Lev Bell and a five-year deal for DeMarco Murray. The, the contract's above $6 million. You have Jarek McKinnon. He didn't even play the first two years on the deal, and it was $7.5 million per season, and that was signed back in 2018. The Lamar Miller deal might be the best contract out of the bunch, leaving Miami to go to Houston. I mean, his, his production, you can kind of – let me scroll across here so I get the numbers right, but – Lamar Miller in Miami averaged 12.4 touches per game for 62 and a half yards per game. He averaged 18, almost 18 and a half touches per game on 82 yards per game. So his touches went up six games or six touches per game and his yards went up about 20. It's the only contract in this $6 million or more stratosphere in which the production on the new team went up versus what it was on the old team. So you have all these dynamics and it like, this is why teams feel the way that they feel. I'm not justifying the running back market depreciating relative to all of the other positions as the salary cap grows, but like it's not just, oh, Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott signed monster contracts, and by the time the first year of the new contract rolls around, they're already washed and you know they're done. It's the new teams that are coming in and signing these running backs This is a 10-year sample size. All of the big contracts are not successful maneuvers. So that's where the teams are at with this. Makes sense, Kyle. I mean, like, it's a devalued position because it should be, right? Like, I mean, the data is obvious. So that's what makes this entire conversation difficult, which we're going to expand on in the next segment. But, like, even looking at the 2023 offseason moves, I think I can speak for you in that we would both rather have Deonta Foreman for a one-year $2 million than David Montgomery for three years $18 million. There's and, no question. And, and those examples are just all over the place, and that makes it really, really complicated. So in just a moment, we're going to talk about some of the ideas for how this could improve, as well as the next wave of big contracts that are expiring. But first, I need to tell you about FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount and bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 that you can bet on everything from the money line to the over, under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's simply no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so one thing that I would like to acknowledge here too, and I think this is, again, part of the element of the game that I think some of, of Madden culture has maybe desensitized us to. Do you remember hearing Jonathan Taylor talk at the NFL Combine? Very much. One of the most memorable interviews I've ever seen. And I think the lasting impression that we both left that interview was, was him talking about his reads and the offensive lineman in front of them and the chemistry that they had at Wisconsin, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is at its core why the running back position is the one that that gets a lot of uh, grief as being some people say running backs don't matter. We know that's ridiculous, right? Of course they matter. But you are more dependent on the players around you to execute your primary responsibility than a lot of other positions around the NFL because there's not a lot you can do about a three technique that shoots the B gap and hits you as you're receiving the football. And I think that chemistry component, that's why we're just looking back over these, these contracts again and the percentage like of the contracts in excess of, of, of $6 million more or more per season. The ones that were signed that we have closure on, like we don't have closure on David Montgomery to the Lions because he just signed it. We don't have closure on Miles Sanders to the Panthers because he just signed it. We don't have closure. We don't know where Dalvin Cook's going to fall. Le'Veon Bell played 25% of the four-year contract of games possible when he first put pen to paper. Melvin Gordon, again, a two-year deal, played 100%. DeMarco Murray signed a five-year deal and played less than 20% of the possible games on the contract. Jarek McKinnon played 24% of the contract. Chris Ivory signed a five-year deal and played 31.5%, of the games on the contract. Again, Lamar Miller, 68%. It's the best contract of these plus $6 million deals on new teams. Chase Edmonds traded at the trade deadline of his first year of a two-year deal. Like that teams are finding out pretty darn quickly that the chemistry component of these guys signing new deals with new teams is not yielding the same kind of chemistry that they had in the environment to which their performance was high. So I think that's why you see more teams like Aaron Jones willing to give a $12 million per season extension, like Alvin Kamara, right? Like if you're going to do this deal, it should be with the team that you're performing with because you have a much more defined idea of what you're getting versus a brand new chemistry experiment for a player that is so dependent on what else is around it. I mean, other factors here with this market, and, and I think market's an important word there because I think any market, 
in the whole world, not just football players, anything. Things that dictate value are supply, demand, and historical data when it comes to, to, to purchase orders, right? And it's not good for running backs. So like when you can look at it like that, you could say, yeah, I get it. I, I totally get it. And it's unfortunate. And that's why I think it's interesting now to kind of look at some of the solutions that people are bringing up. And the three that I see, Kyle, that uh, are most compelling, and maybe you have some more to add, is number one would be the draft eligibility component to be eligible for the NFL uh, after two years instead of three. Uh, to be extension eligible after two seasons, as opposed to the CBA currently uh, prohibits contract extensions until after three years. And the other one is one that we kind of touched on yesterday briefly was lumping all skill positions together when it comes to uh, coming up with the franchise tag amount. I see a lot of flaws with all three. Is there any that you'd like to add to the table before we really break these down? Yeah, I think your contract structure has to change. I think you, if, if you as a player are going to find a deal that is tenable, that you feel leaves you opportunity to optimize your earning potential. I think from a team perspective, the teams are going to, if you're going to want to get into a certain dollar amount and dollar stratosphere, stipulating that money based off performance and availability. I think players are probably going to have to be a little bit more comfortable with that to get the dollars in the stratosphere that they want. And I think a good concession for teams to make is to put player options on the contracts. Where you give the player an opportunity to earn their money with their production, because that is at its core what this issue is, is running backs are are hoping to be paid off of their resume to date in the NFL. And NFL teams are saying, I'm not going to pay you for what you've done. I need to try to pay you for what you're going to do on this deal. Right. So stipulated money for me, I think is a very important piece of the conversation. And then what are some of the concessions that teams can make or players can make? And I think it's options where it becomes not this sleight of hand. We're going to give you 10, but you're not going to really get any guaranteed money. And maybe your guarantees are tied to your performance and incentives from the previous season so that the player will know I didn't perform well. I should probably opt out and try to find a new deal. I think you got to have a lot more ambiguity in the language of these contracts for for you to find a happy medium. I think that's a reasonable idea, and there's certainly some complications with it, but I I think it would help. The idea that I like the most is draft eligibility being two years removed from high school versus three. And Kyle, I think this fixes potentially multiple problems in the football world right now. First of all, it's helpful for these running backs, and really any player, to be younger when they get to the NFL, which means they get – they're younger when they have the opportunity to get contract extensions. So that's helpful. But I also think it helps college football where we're in this world where guys are transferring like crazy. Um, and I understand why they are, but you're also just, you have free agency in college football. And I don't know that that was ever anyone's hope or desire and intent. If you're able to go to the NFL after two seasons, you're probably more likely to go somewhere where you can play and, where you can obviously showcase yourself um, to the NFL. And I think that creates more competitive balance because you're not going to go to a situation where 
um, you don't have a quick, quick path to getting on the field, right? You got to be able to play. You have a, a shorter amount of time to prove yourself. And I think that's going to make guys want to stay somewhere longer. And so I think you may have a benefit to running backs in any position in the NFL, and it's equitable for all positions. I don't really like having running back specific rules because uh, I just don't think that's right. But also I think you may help with some of the player movement issues that are existing right now in college football if you do consider that idea. So I'm trying to explore. Here we go. What did Bijan Robinson? Uh, the the website is is one. O n three dot com. It's about college football recruiting, and they have NIL rankings for college football athletes. Mm-hmm. How high do you think the highest ranked? Valuation for NIL is for a running back. They would get per year or something like that. Yes, that's the approximate calculation. Right. Five million dollars. One point one. Blake Corum. The top like fifteen are all quarterbacks. So people will say, "Well, with NIL, you have an opportunity to have the earning potential to." compensate you to stay in college football and remove that incentive to have the extra year of, of one less year of NFL eligibility. I think the way NIL stacking right now where the dollars are, it kind of makes me more keen to agree with you that they're, you know, having more flexibility with eligibility. Now that the business element has seeped its way down into college football a little bit. Uh, is maybe something where the, these guys can make a decision for themselves and decide, do I want to make the jump? Do I have a rare NIL opportunity that it's not going to benefit me greatly if I'm, again, maximizing my earnings potential with my playing career to jump ship early? Maybe I can stay and be patient. That was just the first place my mind went. I'm like, I'm, I'm wondering what those numbers look like right now. It's interesting. And I think, you know, Bijan Robinson would probably coming off of the books. <laughs> it changes that a little bit. Even that type of guy, I think you can maybe earn more, but yeah, it's fair. Um, I don't like lumping all the skill players together. Um, other than that probably just means running backs never get franchise tagged. And maybe that's exactly what they want. Um, I think that's the only benefit to that. Right. Is you can, you effectively completely eliminate the dynamic of a franchise tag for a running back. Right. And, and like low key. And I don't know, we're talking about this right now. The projected 2024 running back franchise tag, according to over the cap is 13.051. That's up for, that's up $3 million from what it is this year. So like it is that number is projected going up for the running backs. Um, is that because you have three running backs on the franchise tag this year? Perhaps. But also, if you if you do the extension eligible after two years in the NFL, you're you're going right back to what they didn't like in the past with what Clinton Portis did and those guys, right? Where you just right sitting out, nobody's showing up. Two years, you're a good player. You know, I think that gets dangerous as well. So, some good ideas, some shaky ideas. I'm glad that there are ideas, and hopefully, uh, something can come together here that makes a lot of sense. But. Uh, we are going to move this conversation along here in the next segment. We're going to talk about some of the upcoming uh, decisions for running backs across the NFL and some predictions for what's going to happen over the next 12 months. We just need a quick break. We'll be right back. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. So our objective now is to look at the upcoming expiring contracts at the position and make some prognostication. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So where would you like to start here? Well, let's set this set the table here. You have some big expiring contracts uh, next offseason. Um, Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, that same cast of characters. Jonathan Taylor, who's and extension eligible. Too. He's extension eligible right now. He just finished his third season. So that might be the one you give 13 to and say, there you go. We got you locked in. J.K. Dobbins, who seems to think he's so good, um, and then A.J. Dillon. Those are, your, I think, your biggest names. Then you have fifth-year option decisions coming for Travis Etienne and Najee Harris. Okay. Well, real quick, like I think one of the big revelations that I've had in thinking about this over the last few days is for – as much as I've pushed back on picking running backs in the first round, it's economically, it's probably the best way to do it. Yes. Like, cause there's a, there's a defined long-term contract. that's locked into your draft scale. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have to be really comfortable with one drafting in the top half of the first round, because that, that salary yeah. is going to very quickly get fast tracked to the top of the charts, but you don't have this dynamic to have to deal with. You get, you already get a bonus fifth year option that, as the CBA is currently baked right now is a glorified franchise tag yeah. with, with performance incentives. And then you could f- come back to the franchise tag again, if you need to, uh, which we've seen teams do. Uh, for reference there, B. John Robinson right now is the 15th highest paid running back in the NFL in terms of AAV. Jameer Gibbs is 18th at $4.4 million AAV. It's still pretty good, man. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I don't care so much as like, okay, they're 18 and 15 or whatever they are. Like, those are still pretty low numbers. Bijan Robinson for 5.489. We got David Montgomery Gummery going right now for six. You know what I mean? Like, we got yeah. Miles Sanders going for six and a quarter. So, um, all right. Well, that's the, the list of players. A lot of the same guys. Derrick Henry will be fascinating. A lot of mileage. He's still not that old, right? Like... And there are some of these guys that can play for a while. Um, and, you know, I, I, a genetic freak like Derrick Henry may be one of those types of guys. But the, really the name to me, to me here that's interesting is Jonathan Taylor. You know, he was banged up last year, but his second season was so good. And they're, they're a team that um, has you know, a rookie quarterback, right? Like they're going to they're gonna have that low-cost quarterback. And, you know, Chris Ballard's always right. been reluctant to really for, spend, so we'll see. For effectively, for effectively the entire life of Anthony Richardson's rookie contract you could sign taylor now get it locked in and yep. then not have a conflict there yeah it's probably a smart move there so is that is that our first bold prediction well yeah taylor so it's extended well i had it as this my number one bold prediction was that jonathan taylor gets at least 13 million dollars aav and i would assume okay. that's what the yeah. goals yeah because so right now that, we have that's, that's the formula for getting that kind of money is 
signing a new deal with your previous team, as we pointed out. And and that would be a big deal. I mean, McCaffrey right now is number one at 16 AAV. Alvin Kamara, two at 15. And then you have Derrick Henry at 12 and a half. Like, there's a, there's a drop-off there. That Kamara contract hasn't aged well, has it? It has. They never do. And McCaffrey's contract hadn't aged well until he got traded to the 49ers. And, and didn't Aaron Jones renegotiate? How about the Joe Mixon situation, right? They tore right. it up. They they literally said, we're, we're going to pay half of what you're due. And Joe Mixon said, okay. Yeah, for two years. Not even just this year pay cut. Two years, two like year 11 million or something is what he got? Yeah. He he surrendered. It was like 40% of his pay. But they put some incentives in there. That Again, can't... Incentive, incentive money is... Hey, the, the, the running back veteran group tax can't be happy about that. No, <laughs> I'm sure you heard about I this. Think, yes, I did. And their, their plan was to complain more on social media. Guys, well, we got to get, <laughs> hey, get a little got bit, a big meeting in the minds together here. We got to get a little bit more teeth than that. Right. <laughs> um, Step one. <laughs> I think, you, again, incentive money included in Joe Mixon deal. And I think team players got to look at the Melvin Gordon contract as an incentive to take a shorter term deal. If you want the money, it's not going to be a long-term deal. But what's the difference between a five-year deal for 15 per, bless me, I'm going to do the math off the top of my head, for $75 million, but you only get $32 million of it guaranteed anyway versus getting a two-year deal that's much more closely to fully guaranteed. That team's going to be more likely to ride that out. And you're yeah. going to get back in the market again before you make it three years into that five-year deal right so not to go there my first bold prediction is ezekiel elliott will not be with the team by the start of the regular season man we got some names out there right zeke dalvin cook leonard floyd floyd leonard fournette excuse me so nobody's talking about zeke right nobody nobody's talking about zeke and it seems like the dallas thing him coming back has kind of cooled off and here's why if these running backs are going to have an exception with the market and what they're going to get paid to play, and we, we alluded to somebody who's in the prime of his career being a martyr and sitting out a season, and that doesn't make a lot of sense. You know who's number two all-time in NFL history for earnings at the running back position? Is it Zeke? It's Ezekiel Elliott. $70.66 million in earnings for Ezekiel Elliott is number two behind only Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson's over $100 million. Edge James is third. Frank Gore is fourth. Reggie Bush is fifth. LaShawn McCoy, Emmett Smith, LaDainian Tomlinson, Marshawn Lynch, Christian McCaffrey, the active on a team leader with $53.6 million in earnings. That's 10th. You got to go all the way down to, oh boy, Derrick Henry at 19th with 45 is next. So Ezekiel Elliott having that much earnings in the scope of NFL running backs if you're going to offer me two, three million dollars to play this year, I might not need it. So unless you're going to offer me serious money, I might not play. So I, I just don't see the incentive for Zeke, and I'm sure, I'm sure I'll be wrong. But that's the point of a bold prediction is to kind of go out on a limb. So I'm trying to read the tea leaves yeah. here and see what his earnings are. That's how I get there. Well, this is also not good for the market, right? Like because if you're Josh Jacobs or Tony Pollard or Saquon Barkley. Knowing that teams could just call Dalvin Cook or Leonard Fournette or Ezekiel Elliott or Kareem Hunt, 
Those are all 27 or 28 years old running backs. That's not going to help you. It's not, if you're the, I mean, if you're apprehensive about paying those guys, I'd be like, okay, don't don't show up. That's fine. You won't get any money after week ten. You don't get the uh, right. crude. Don't, don't sign your tender. I'll sign somebody for half yeah. your dollar amount. Yeah, okay. Bet. You feel I can put into your position and and right. can compare because you have you you have reasonable players of all different kinds of skill sets and body types too. This is not <laughs> like this isn't just oh well we need a power back so Leonard Fournette's out there but. We wouldn't want to sign down. Like you got options. You do. You do. My second prediction is that no running back holds out. None. I don't think it happens. I think this is all threats of the franchise tag guys. Yeah. I will say this year and next, there's not a single running back that actually holds out because at the end of the day, I think Lev Bell tried walking away from the 14 and a half to get 27 Still didn't get the 14 and a half. He could have had both probably. Um, and it, the options are always going to be full. Uh, look, look at right now, like we just talked about. And I just don't see it happening. Like maybe a little bit into camp, but I'm talking about like legitimately holding out of regular season games. Here's a fun stat for you. Lev Bell. He's 21st all time in NFL running back history in earnings with $45.38 million in earnings. Mm-hmm. How high up the list from 21st does he go if he plays for the 14 on the tag? Ooh, that's fun. 21st. I'd, ima- I'd imagine it's a pretty good jump because, I mean, that's a lot of money. Maybe top 15? He goes to eighth. Wow. Wow. Eighth right now, Ladanian Tomlinson, 56.88. So 45 plus 14, you're over 59. And you're $2 million behind Emmett Smith for seventh. Hmm. And if you played on the franchise tag, you'd probably get a deal that would have given you close to the same amount of money in the first two years of what you got from the Jets anyway. Correct. So I know you can play that coulda, shoulda, woulda, oh, he would have played on the tag, so you get the 14, but not the 27. But like the next two years, he probably would have been close to 27 because, again, he'd be playing with the same team. Wild times we live in. Um, my bold prediction, I have a spider hanging from my ceiling right now. You can see him. It, my other bold prediction is that one of the three franchise tag players is on a new team this time next year. I, I think that's probable. I think Pollard is pretty well entrenched. Dallas has shown they've got a willingness to do that. Uh, who else are you going to pay for the Raiders? So I think that there's, you know, he might not want to sign with you, but they could always tag him again. Right. And it would still put him in a stratosphere that's amongst the the 15 to, to $16 million per season. I, dude, I feel like Jacobs is the guy I feel the, the, I feel the most bad for because durability hasn't been an issue there. Right. And he's 26 too. Like he's he's a year younger than the he other. Came guys. into the league with low tread, right? Like not even a starter at Alabama. He's right. missed five of like 61 career games or something like that. I know he's played hurt, but man, like he's been durable. Russian title. At least one of the three, if not more. New team this time next year. 
That's going to do it for us here on this episode of Locked On NFL Scouting. I'm Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino. We hope you guys enjoyed the discussion on the running back position. Obviously, a lot happening, a lot of layers, not a lot of easy fixes. We'll see what the league is able to, to do about it and look forward to seeing that story unfold. Make it a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll be back again with you all again tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. We hope to see you then. Find us on YouTube or wherever you list your favorite podcasts. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.